Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Still in Motion podcast, where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Catherine. I'm Jonathan. And there's so much to talk about today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've been, life has been so crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're doing just kind of a check-in episode today, we think. Yeah. No um, and we'll see how long it goes. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's start with you because, I mean, your life has been very busy lately. You just worked, what, 70 hours, you said? Yeah, I've had some pretty busy weeks. Um, at Classic Kids, this is like the busiest time of the year for us. I guess it starts, well, pre-COVID, it's supposed to get really busy around like October. <laughs> but we got really busy starting in November. Um, and then I think things are going to get a little bit easier around mid-December because what's happening right now is this is kind of the last the last two weeks basically to do a photo shoot and get anything in in time for Christmas um whether it's holiday cards or even like just getting gifts for people it's like we're reaching those cutoff deadlines um and we just announced like a holiday mini promo thing for like discounted shoots so all of a sudden like yesterday the phone is just ringing like all day for people trying to book those um but they all want to book within like basically before December 5th um, we're recording this today is November 22nd. Um, so the schedule's already basically packed. And then it's like we're trying to just squeeze people in out of desperation. Like if they don't get in, they don't have their holiday cards. Um, and so we've just been like, yeah, really packed. And then people who have already ordered stuff are like all of their stuff is starting to come in. So there's a lot of just like checking in products. It's great. It's a ton of fun. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but the days are just like very long. Um, but I think once, yeah, once we pass December 12th, all of the shoots that we'll be doing won't really be to get stuff in by the holidays. It'll just be like a regular photo shoot. Um, and then all of the people who are ordering stuff for the holidays will still be like probably ordering. Um, but I think the workflow is going to change a bit. It's just so weird because I never really was like, like I was there last holiday season, but I was only working like two to three days a week. And I was just editing stuff in like Lightroom. Like I wasn't really paying attention to the whole, like the, the way the whole studio was running. Um, so Ooh, now it's like- Speaking of Lightroom, yeah. sorry. Have you seen the newest version? Sure. Oh, I had, okay. So I was working on some personal photo stuff on my computer and Lightroom kept freezing. And then I like thought it was just, I restarted my computer. I updated my computer. And then I realized, oh, maybe this is because I need to update Lightroom. Mm -hmm. So I did. So yes, I've seen the new version, um, but I haven't With, used it that much. Have you updated? I just updated like two days ago, and I just I've seen the new like color grading wheels that they included. Yeah, but I haven't like played with it yet. But I was just like, I whoa, that's crazy! Either. Like, because that's what I see in Premiere Pro when I'm like color grading videos. Like, so it was just it was weird seeing that in Lightroom. <laughs> yeah, the stuff I was working on, I didn't need to do any sort of color grading, but I was just scrolling down to find like lens corrections profile stuff. Mm -hmm. And I passed it and I was like, wait, where are the sliders? Why do they turn into wheels? So, well, I have a lot of editing to do, so I'll maybe try it and report back. Um, but anyway, work's been crazy, but good. And that's why we're behind on the podcast. Well, yes. <laughs> it feels like every other day it's like, hey, can you post something? Uh, I'm too busy. Can you post something? Uh, things look well, crazy right now. <laughs> I've also, I used to like listen to the episodes and post capture critiques and like do stuff on Instagram on the train. 
Um, but I've started just sleeping on the train and it's gotten to the point where, you know, oh. when you like start developing a habit, like yeah. now as I walk towards the train, I just get like extremely drowsy. And as oh, soon as no. I sit down, it's just like I've conditioned myself to fall asleep. So it's like a fight to stay awake until they can punch my ticket. And then I have to make sure I set a timer on my phone so I don't miss my stop. Yeah. But I literally like it's not a light nap. I pass out and i wake up like a second later and i'm at work which is kind of nice it's like basically the commute is gone because i'm just uh-huh. in a coma <laughs> um but it's like become basically impossible for me to do any sort of work or emails or anything on the train oh man i mean that's that's how i used to be on cars before i got my license i would always be sleeping in the car when my parents would be driving me places and so the first i don't know like six months i feel like after I started driving on my own, I oh, hopefully my parents don't hear this. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's usually goes <laughs> now. But like, I would get so drowsy when I was driving, and I think it was because I got so used to like going yeah. into the car and just like taking a nap. It's yeah. Yeah, I think there's just little connections between like you like walking towards the car and the sound of the door opening that like tells you it's time for a nap. And that's Ooh, how I so you with should the trains. Re- you should record some ambient like train sounds and play it like next to your bed when you can't fall asleep. Oh, I can always fall asleep. <laughs> That's like not a problem. Like I just look at the bed and I'm already asleep and I don't even remember getting in it. I'm so tired. <laughs> Back like when I started this job, I was going to bed at literally like 830 at night. And that's how I could get up at 530 so easily and like make breakfast and drink tea and like leisurely catch the train. But now I'm going to bed at like midnight, not because I'm just choosing to stay up, but because I'm getting home that late. But I still have wow. to get up at the same time the next day. So, um. But all that's good. Besides that, I've um, also done some personal photography work on top of this. this yeah, you week. have. Um, so somebody reached out who I had worked with before. Um, I took photos of her show when it was at Dixon Place a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, and she reached out through my website and was like, hey, are you available to do like performance photography? And I was like, performance? is there a performance? Like, what? (laughs) COVID? How can this even be? I assumed it was in a park, but it actually wasn't. It was inside. Um, Her partner, I guess, has like a gym and turned it into like a little theater and they bought lights for it and stuff. I was wondering Um, where it was. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny because I I showed up and it was like, basically looked like a boarded up storefront with no lights (laughs) on and like paper in the windows. And I was like, okay, this is a a theater space now like post covid this is it's it felt like it was like underground like we weren't allowed to have shows but we like boarded (laughs) up the windows and we were having one anyway um but there were like four chairs in there for the audience and only one dancer um but that it it was like i guess socially distanced properly and stuff but it was um still like a really good like super legit show like it was really cool um to see that again and just felt so good to be back like in a theater lights go down have your cameras you don't know what's gonna happen like I was I just felt so out of practice too with performance photography like I haven't used my cameras for that in so long um and I'm so used to now using my work camera that I was like while at the theater like trying to figure out how to change the ISO and like figure (laughs) out just random stuff on my cameras um so that happened. And then I also, uh, one of my friends was going to come over to just hang out. And she was like, any chance you want to do a dance photo shoot? And I was like, uh, yes, definitely. Because we've been talking <laughs> about this, like that yeah. I need to post on Instagram and like 
do a call for dancers. So we did that in Central Park and it was really, really fun. Um, and then I posted on Instagram, like, I want to do this with more dancers for free and just got like tons of people messaging me. Oh, really? That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was like, just so many people reached out and I like am so busy with work that I really couldn't you know, if I was unemployed, I would just do them like back to back in a week and right. do a bunch of them. But I'm spacing them out like on Sundays or I want to do only one a weekend, like not on Sunday and Monday because right. it's taking me too long to edit the images. But then with like Thanksgiving, it's like I'm just booking them way down the line and sort of just keeping a list. So if anyone listening wants to be added to my list of a dance photo shoot in New York, <laughs> you might be in the spring. It might happen in the spring. But <laughs> um so yeah well, that's been really once fun it gets i actually really cold though i don't know do you still want to do shoots outside i feel like at that point it's just like we'll let's wait see. to get warmer a winter snowshoot could be fun but yeah we can also just reschedule i don't care um, oh, that's i actually I have one today snow. uh at central park at 2 30 after this man of all the weeks for us to not do capture critique i feel like this would be the time to do no capture this no this is not the time because i haven't edited any of the photos yet oh <laughs> <laughs> it's been two weeks and i still haven't edited them oh man <laughs> but maybe next week yeah i'll have dance photos to share um cool yeah i had a i had a similar experience because i was taking pictures um for maryland their um mfa thesis concert so oh, cool. That was How'd a that really go? it was good. It was um it was very weird because like okay, so I've taken pictures for them lots of times. Like I graduated from the program, I knew the two grad students, like they had reached out to me and then the then the school decided to hire me. Um and so walking into the building it was just very weird how empty it was because I'm so used hmm. to walking in and it's like there are three shows going on and there are all these students, you know, like lying in the hallway doing homework and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like nothing. <laughs> I walk wow. in and it's just the grad students, just the people performing like that's it. Um, so that mm -hmm. was kind of weird and surreal, but it was really nice being back in a show and they had a single camera in the back. They were live streaming it. So it was just the performers and like the tech crew there. So not a lot of people. Um, so it was almost like a dress rehearsal, but not really because I couldn't. <laughs> I had to make sure I didn't get in the camera shot, like the live stream shot. So it was actually really yeah. cool. They had they <laughs> I walked in and the um, production guy, Bobby, he's like, yeah, so Jonathan, I know you like to move around a lot and get close. So we taped it out for you. Like, here are the camera <laughs> blind spots. And here's like when you're at this tape mark, you can't you can't be standing when you're at this tape mark. You need to make sure you're kneeling, you know, like and like <laughs> that's awesome. They really thought it through. <laughs> yeah. So when before it started, I would and they had a um a, a TV screen with the live feed so I could see myself. So I would like walk to one tape line like, OK, great. So I know here I can't be standing i have to like bend my knees a little bit here i i can be on my knees but i can't be standing you know like it was so then the whole show i was like squatting and sliding and rolling kind of like what i always do but this time like making sure i stayed within the tape parameters. with more intention yeah. how was that though like i feel like i would forget mid-show like which tape line i was at because i get so just into the moment well there was okay so it was four tape lines one was like the very far back and that one i knew i could stand but i had to bend a little bit then like the most downstage one where I knew I could be kneeling, but I couldn't be any higher than that. And then left and right. So if I went past those lines, I was outside of the camera's view. 
So it wasn't like okay. it's not like I had like not too complicated ten different tape lines. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, there were still a couple of shots where like, oh, I wish I could like be standing in front so I could get this angle because they had these three giant lights on the floor that were kind of blocking things. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, it was pretty good. And uh, I ha- I tried to set up that you did for your show where I had my R5 with a 24 to 70 millimeter and then my 5D Mark IV with a 7200. And I was like trying okay, to sw- yes. swap between the two cameras as I was going. So for our listeners, I did the same thing, but I had my um, 5D Mark IV with my uh, 16 to 35 millimeter and then my R with the 70 to 200 zoom. So you had the opposite, right? Yeah. Your mirrorless camera was on the wide, wider uh-huh. lens. Yep. Um, yeah, this was my first time doing this, having the two bodies, one mirrorless, one not in the yeah. show and not switching lenses. How did it go for you? It was good. I, I kind of wish I had one of those harnesses where you could like attach both cameras to the same strap, but I roll around and I'm, and I'm on my stomach so much. I was like, Oh, that wouldn't really make sense. I actually, I had the like uh, default camera strap on my 5D Mark IV at first, but then it was getting okay. in the way when I was trying to like bring my eye up to the viewfinder, but hold it like portrait style. Like the strap would actually be blocking the viewfinder sometimes. So for the second, there are two pieces. So for the second piece, I just took it off. Um, so I kind of had my 5D Mark IV kind of in the back of the house, kind of where like I mostly sat. And then I was moving around more with my R5. And I decided to do the wider lens with the R5 because I knew it was higher megapixels. So if I still needed to crop in more, I figured I could do it mm. more on the R5. And that way I could use the Mark IV to just do more like portraits. So like even more zoomed in if I needed to. Um, and I ended, ended up, I don't know, I felt like it's like a two to one ratio, maybe three to one ratio of like images on the 5D Mark IV. Um, versus the R5, so I I used both of them actually quite a bit. It was I felt mm. I felt very fancy having two cameras. <laughs> yeah, same. I felt so legit. Yeah. Um, How'd it okay, go for so you? I yeah I um along the lines of straps did something similar. I had the I immediately thought that I needed a strap that could hold two cameras. <laughs> so we both need to get these. Um, but I had the uh. Which one? The 5D Mark IV with the wide angle lens on my Peak Design like neck strap. And uh-huh. then the other one technically had the Peak Design wrist strap, but I wasn't using putting it around my wrist because I was just picking it up so much. So I had the camera bag like next to me on the ground and I would just set it on the camera bag and then pick it up when I want to use it, um, which was kind of annoying. And I could have seen that like if I was not stationed in such a small spot in such a small venue if i was actually moving around a lot it would have been a pain to like carry it with me and find places to set it yeah um so definitely like having some way of holding both of them seems important um yeah. i feel like if anything you need at least a neck strap for both cameras even if it's not the, yeah like, like two separate neck straps so you could have like one slung over each shoulder as yeah you like around. cross body yeah yeah um but then i so i chose to put the r on the zoom um just because I've, I feel like I've noticed that it's sharper. Like we've talked about this before. Like I have an easier time getting a really, really sharp focus on that camera. Uh-huh. And I figured if I was going to be doing like portrait style, like half body stuff of this dancer, I'd want their eyelashes really sharp. Like uh-huh. I'd want them to be in, like you can tell more easily when somebody's larger in the frame if it's slightly out of focus. Yeah. Where the 5D Mark IV, I'm getting like wide full stage images 
this show had like projection and some stage like scenic elements so i knew that i wouldn't really be cropping in from the wide angle um and i knew that if i was shooting that wide if it was like slightly out of focus it wouldn't be as big of a deal Mm -hmm. um so that's why i chose to do that um but i was having a problem so i kept switching so i i shot one show i've only shot two shows prior to this one on the r one was that show that i did the day i got the camera and the other one was the orange grove show and the one i got the one I shot the day I got the camera, I shot the whole thing in the silent mode. Um, and I remember we were talking about like, is there weird like warping that happens? Is there weird banding? Like what happens when you're using the silent shutter? Um, and I didn't really notice any problems with it. And then when I did the Orange Grove show, I think I used the regular shutter, shutter with sound because it was a dress rehearsal. But I actually can't remember if I like switched in between them or what I did. And so then I got to this show and I was so out of practice that I couldn't actually remember if using the silent shutter was going to be an issue or not. But it was a live show. And so I um, kind of was switching back and forth throughout the show. I was switching back and forth between the two cameras. But then on the R, I was also switching back and forth between silent and not silent. And about half of my photos have like really bizarre banding in them. I had the same issue with my R5. Okay. Like stripiness, like on people's skin, not thick bands, like where there's like four or five of them in the image, but like really fine lines. Yeah. And I was doing yeah, yeah, some yeah. some research on it. And so basically I can't figure out from the metadata if it's related to the silent shutter or not. Um, but I, I was reading something that you do think it is. Because Yeah, because I... I was doing some test images before the show started with the silent shutter, and I noticed that. And so I switched okay. to the mechanical shutter, and then I didn't have that problem anymore. See, I zoomed in on the on some test images, and I didn't notice it during the show because it's such, like, really, really fine lines. Um, and I was doing some reading that, like, it, it might have to do with the lights. This theater had, like, new LED theater lights, and there yeah. might be something about the frequency of them making it worse or better. Like, if there were you know regular like light bulb lights it might not have been a problem yeah um, no it it is the know. led lights because that's the um same problem you have with projections or because yeah the lights are coming out there's it's actually like it's a it's a burst it's a flicker right and mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know what it is about the silent shutter but it's like the it but yeah for some reason it picks it up way more well, it's because the shutters, it's like rolling in some way. It's like sliding, not opening and closing. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Um, but this show also had a projector. And I've experienced some weirdness with the projector with my 5D Mark IV before as well. Huh. In terms of like getting weird stripiness in it. Oh, before well, I okay. Had the yeah, that, that one I do know why, um, because I've also had that issue. And it's because, it's the, it's if you're... um shutter speed is not in sync with the refresh rate of the projector right so okay so then i couldn't figure out if the r was making stripes because of the lights in the projector not being in sync with the shutter speed or if it was because it was on the silent mode yeah i'm not sure either because this the show i did also had projections um but i didn't notice any weird bands or anything like that on the projections but i noticed it with the regular lighting so i don't know <laughs> yeah and the, and the problem around... is you can't really test this stuff in real time because you're always working a show it's yeah. like i would have to like it's go hard. and get 
like a rent out a theater with the lights and like just test things. And I was like, let's no do it. Had, no one has time for that. We do. Well, I don't, but you might. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I just felt like at the end of the day, I was basically more, I was basically happier with the images off of the 5D Mark IV, mm. which was kind of shocking because after the Orange Grove show, I thought the R was going to be my favorite. Um, but we'll see. What camera should I use today for my photo shoot? That's the next question. Use the R. <laughs> it has better yeah, focusing, outside, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, and actually it's interesting because I was, for the R5, I was using the um, auto focus and like facial tracking for it. Because I was like, I'm, I'm curious to see how it does in this low light situation. And it actually focused fairly well. Like, the show was... Oh okay, Modern Dancers, I love you. But, like, your shows are so freaking dark the whole, all the time. Like, I... When I zoomed in on the images, they were in focus. But I think... But not as, like, sharp as, like, other images have been. But I think that's more because I just had to raise my ISO so much that, like, it just got a little mushy. You know, like, when when it's in a, such a low-light situation, you, you just can't always get it as sharp as you want, I think. Yeah. Um, I, like, in hindsight, I wish I had, like, done facial tracking for, like, half the show and switched, like, single spot like like I normally would do on my 5D Mark IV you know, and, and see if I noticed the difference. But as I was watching it in my viewfinder, the camera always basically tracked the right thing that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So like that was kind of amazing. Like I could not even worry about keeping my focus point on the dancer. Like I just had an, an um, AI servo and I just held it down and I could see the boxes tracking the right person. And so then I could really just focus on clicking on the right at the right time. You know, instead of like, cool. I normally do like a focus recompose really, really fast kind of thing or just like always keep them centered. But like I could have the person more to the left of the screen or right of the screen, you know, like it was kind mm -hmm. of a new experience. Yeah. Were you using the in the viewfinder, which which mode were you using the one that is the exposure simulation or the one that's like the the real lighting? Uh, I think exposure simulation, although I think maybe I haven't figured out how to change that yet on mine. So whatever the default was. <laughs> okay. I think that's exposure simulation. Yeah. But like the, um, like I saw the See, lighting dark, change. Really dark shows. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense if you were shooting in manual, right? I think Cause so. Because as the lights get darker, what you're seeing should also get darker. Because uh -huh. the settings are constant. Yeah. If you were shooting in like some semi-automatic mode, as the lights got darker, it should have compensated in the viewfinder. Oh, yeah, I guess so. To have it the same exposure. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for really dark shows, having the exposure simulation turned off, though, if you're used to not using it, like if you've had a mirrorless, if you've had a regular DSLR camera before, uh -huh. is actually like will save your life because you can see like like i've talked about before it's like night vision glasses oh like for really dark shows for tracking yeah. dancers better and for getting like a super sharp focus on them that's how you can like basically see them when they're completely in a blackout yeah but i guess then the problem with that is i feel like i would then keep second guessing myself to, if like if i was just making everything way too dark 
like the actual image. But that's that's how you would have shot before on your 5D Mark IV. Like you're just seeing oh, true. the space. Yeah. And you have to get the exposure right. I just have to remind myself that what I see in my viewfinder is not what the actual image looks like. <laughs> right. Which shouldn't be too hard. You haven't had the R for that long. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about the other thing? Oh, yeah. So um, I am officially leaving Dance Place at the end of December. I made the announcement like a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Um, I've known for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been talking. I could, well, because I kept going back. I kept asking you your opinion, like, should I? Should I not? And uh, a lot of things were happening. And I talked to a bunch of people, and I decided to go for it. So we're like flipping roles, which is really funny. Like before, yeah. you were the full freelance person, and I had like a uh, um, salaried position. And now you're the person with like a more salaried position, and I'm going full freelance. Yep. <laughs> so Flipping starting roles, january that can be the title of this episode wait what was i missed it i was talking that can be the title of this episode like flipping roles <laughs> <laughs> i need to get more sleep <laughs> yeah okay um <laughs> anyways so starting january i'm still gonna be teaching at the studios i'm already at but uh, i won't be at dance place anymore and the plan is to do a lot more freelance photography, video work, and I want to put more work into my YouTube channel because um, it's been starting to take off and there have been things that I've wanted to do with it. And it's just like, I just don't have the time to do that. Um, so what are these things you want to add to the channel? So I need to make like a newsletter to go with the channel. I want to make um, some like free downloadable content for my viewers. So then eventually the goal is to work toward like work, paid workshops i think um so i wanted to do more things to like create goodwill and to get people off the youtube channel so like all the marketing things i've i've researched is like you gotta eventually you know you want to get them to like your own website or to your newsletter so if you're ever selling things like those are the people that you're marketing to um yeah that makes right, sense and right now it's also just a, a struggle to put out a video every week when i like don't have the time to always think about it so just being able to put more effort and time into that um will i think just feel better because right now it's like in theory i'm supposed to be like writing my script out thursday and filming it on friday and then editing it you know saturday sunday and then it's good to go for that wednesday post but right now it's always like a monday night oh shoot i need to make a video what can i do you know and it just feels <laughs> rushed and not great yeah um, so yeah i actually maybe not, not not now but i need to like talk to you about like because up until this point i've been you know i can be picky with who i want to work with and my rate fluctuates based on how busy busy i am and who i'm working with and how interested interested i am in the project and now i'm like well i need to figure out a more consistent rate that i can just yeah give people you know for for things um, you need to have a really set price price list I yeah think that also makes your work seem way more legit yeah and it's not it, like oh for you i can just do it see i was thinking about this too because the little freelance sheets that i'm doing i'm like not for the, the little dance sheets i'm doing for people i'm not charging anything and i was like i could either try to come up with some 
price but compared to what i what we charge at classic kids for me to do the same thing like no way am i going to charge anything like that to mm -hmm. these dancer friends so then i either have a price that's like much lower than i think my time is worth for people for dancers in new york or i just say my normal price is like closet kids pricing it's crazy high so i'll just not charge you you know what i uh -huh. mean or like tears yeah we should talk more about this maybe another time yeah because i was like cause I, i've been I thinking about it as well yeah because i definitely want to still work with artists but i realize like the fees that i want to charge most of them probably can't afford that so i was like i should probably maybe i won't like have like an artist discount or or something you know and with video it's even more expensive but again like i want to be working with artists and dancers still so i have to i have to figure that out yeah i've always noticed that no matter how much you charge people are going to want to pay less but people can usually actually in reality afford to pay more with like very specific weird like circumstances of having a grant or something that like mm -hmm. you're using that's fully used up like there are some instances where people like truly don't have any more money but it's like it comes down to the value of the art so like if somebody if you're doing a dance photo shoot for somebody and they don't want to pay more than 50 bucks but then that night they go out to dinner with their friends and they pay 60 dollars for it it's like they had the cash it's not mm -hmm. like they li they literally don't have the money. It's that they don't want to pay it to you because of the yeah. value they see in the work. And I see this all the way along, whether it's $40 for dancers or if we're talking about like $6,000 for classic kids artwork, like they have the money. <laughs> mm -hmm. They just don't want to spend it. But not everybody does. I'm not saying it's always like that. Some people truly don't. Um, but making a price list is really hard. During COVID, I during the closure, I did a bunch of research on price lists like using a la carte pricing versus package pricing. There's mm -hmm. a lot of cool, actually, like creative live videos on pricing. Oh, okay. If you look that stuff up, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. So, I mean, the the goal is I have like the last two weeks of December, I think, like with basically nothing because Dance Place is also giving all the staff like paid time off. So, which I didn't realize when I told them my last day would be December 30th, but I kind of need to use like those two weeks to like really like figure out contracts, figure out pricing. And I kind of want to do like a, a new year sale as like a happy new year. And also like I'm going full freelance. So here's like a cool, you know, little promo mm -hmm. discount thing, you know, like you can book it now for later if you want, you know, cause it's cold out, but yeah. I kind of want to try and kick things off with that and kind of see how it goes. It's also weird because I don't have a, like, studio space, and I feel like a lot of people are going to be interested in, like, headshots or portraits, and sometimes that requires, like, a backdrop. So I've, I just have to figure out pricing for all those different things. Like, if I'm going to drive to you, because, like, it's mm -hmm. not like you can come to me to do this, you know? Yeah. Or maybe you should try to create, like, a, a portrait setup in your apartment somewhere you've seen my room. apartment there's no room for that <laughs> in the living room move the couch <laughs> i mean i already like have to move things around for youtube so i guess i could but um yeah i, I just have to think about that figure it out mm, yeah anything uh, else we need to else? talk about how to catch up um i don't know i don't know if we're recording next weekend as in i don't think we're recording next weekend because <laughs> thanksgiving yeah we're not recording next weekend well, but when um, people listen to this, it's going to be Thanksgiving has just passed. So I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I hope you got to hang out with family and friends while being safe. Um, got, oh, are you 
uh, okay so i was looking at black friday deals i was like is there anything i want to oh. get or need to get i was like but nope that see i said need or want there's nothing i need right now so i cannot look at black friday deals i think I you like, need a double camera strap though i think we already discussed this <laughs> i i really don't though because i always like if it's a dance show i'm like crawling and on like a double strap would not help me like it was event work maybe yeah do you want to hear a funny story about crawling around uh sure <laughs> <laughs> so i had to do this outdoor shoot for these kids uh, it was like a, a reshoot for uh complicated we can talk about it later but um i normally bring like you know feathers and puppets and all of these things and i didn't really bring them with me because i thought the shoot was gonna be really fast so i was getting the kids attention by like doing like handstands and then taking pictures <laughs> when I came back down and then I was like lying on my belly to get these shots and kept like just rolling away and then rolling back and I was like where am I going roll 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 take the picture roll. <laughs> like basically just getting them to look at me like I was doing like a solo dance show and it worked really nice. well so I would recommend that and it's another reason why dancers make great photographers because <laughs> we have no problem just like doing that kind of nonsense yeah oh our bodies which, to get people to look at us yeah also i think i think mm -hmm. we had talked about this in a previous episode but like you had mentioned how you were doing um like this promo video for classic kids and it turned out oh really well. yeah so yeah um we should share that i can on share that instagram yeah sure yeah i shared it on the um uh greenwich classic kids instagram which is at classic kids underscore greenwich and then it was also shared by this like Greenwich holiday stroll um, oh, nice. <laughs> Instagram account and uh, Greenwich moms and the full. Oh, it's also on the full classic kids Instagram, which is just at classic kids photography, the big like company wide one. Nice. So there are places you can check it out, but we can also um, share it on our still in motion podcast. Yeah, that can we'll be the thing we, we were. Yeah, we're talking about what to post this week. That can be it. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, oh, okay. Then last, last thing, last okay. thing, because I sent you this article and we were both like, what? Oh, wait, I do want to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. So the new iPhone 12 apparently has pro. better dynamic iPhone range. iPhone 12 Pro. Pro has better dynamic range than the R5. <laughs> I was like, yep. what? <laughs> Unreal. Ugh. Um. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what dynamic me range means, I guess we should explain. It means if you take a picture of something that has... Uh, like bright areas and dark areas. The example they used in this article was was like a person sitting by a window. Um, cameras have varying degrees of like how much shadow they can see while also seeing how much brightness. Like what is well, the how range much how of... much detail in those extreme areas? Yeah, 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 yeah. From from like the darkest part of the image to the brightest part of the image, and that's something that like having a professional level camera is really good for is that you get that dynamic range you can like see the details in the brights but also in the darks but now you know you can take a really cool picture with an iphone 12 pro that's just better than my current camera yeah although <laughs> i think dynamic range has always been an area that canon has not done as well in like i think like i've heard that like sony cameras and nikon cameras in general have better dynamic range than canon cameras yeah so, possibly I'm I'm curious how like the iPhone would stack up against you know like the flagship Sony camera or the flagship Nikon camera, but the fact right. that a cell phone is anywhere close to a pro level full frame body is crazy. Yeah, like there are other and things also, obviously that still like make the R5 better, but I was like, but still, come on. Still, yeah, and also I don't know that dynamic range is like the best 
or like the make it or break it factor in a camera like it's good but also, i feel like, like it is about... for a lot of people because it's for dance you shows so? that's really important yeah getting that, that variation i mean you wouldn't shoot a dance show on an iphone though would you i mean maybe in the future people will i, I mean i don't know but like i know for like landscape photographers dynamic range is a big deal because often yeah, you have that you is know, like true. a really bright sky and darker things on the foreground or whatever it is so I hear dynamic range talked about a lot when I would listen to landscape photographers on podcasts and, you know, mm-hmm. portraits is not as important because you usually control the light more or you have more control over the light. But for like live events, dynamic range makes a big difference too. It's pretty big. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, also I was playing a lot with like HDR stacking and stuff this summer and like having a, an extreme dynamic range and like even achieving that by stacking images to expand the dynamic range can like have sometimes cool results, but sometimes the images just look really flat and yeah, kind of bad. Know. I, so sometimes I play with that HDR look and sometimes I like it and other times it, it just looks very fake. Yeah. So, cause ultimately like your eyes have an extreme dynamic range. So having a phone that can capture that can make an iPhone image look basically how you see it. Um, right. But once you push it to the farther extreme where like, you're seeing more in the shadows than you would even with your regular eyes, your normal eyes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like things can start to look really weird. Yeah. Um, but oh, I was also- talking to my assistant at work about this article um, and we were sort of saying like, well, if dynamic range is now like totally achievable by people with iPhones, what is it that professional photographers have that people with iPhones don't? Or like what, what can we still use? And I think it's... Um, depth of field is something that iPhone still like portrait mode on iPhone looks so bad in my opinion. And oh, I think, really, but don't they have that like fake blur thing that you can do? They do, but it's, it's so bad. Like it, it's like cuts out basically what it thinks is the subject. Oh, okay. Like, so if you have like frizzy ha, hair or anything, it doesn't that, do well. Phones. And then it's not, <laughs> the background is not like real bokeh. It's just like Photoshop blurred. Like you mm-hmm. can't get actual cool lighting effects. So for anybody out there who's like, I want to be a professional photographer, but now everybody has a phone and everyone's a photographer, work on your skills with shallow depth of field. <laughs> yeah. That and just, yep. you know, creativity, being able to see composition, creativity. posing. Totally. All that good stuff. Well, you can use an iPhone to, an iPhone to be a, like... Oh, that's true. To do really yes, amazing photography. True. Like I've seen a bunch of... Like YouTube videos, like Peter oh, McKinnon, and I mean, smartphones can't really use flash either. True, That's another thing. So use flash and shallow depth of field, and you can set yourself apart. <laughs> <laughs> Until the iPhone 15, and then it's like, well, scratch that. Then <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> We're over. We're all gonna buy but smartphones. Then, but then maybe it comes down to it's not the gear, but it's like the way that you, that your perspective and the way that you interact with people. And yeah, I mean, I think that's always things the case. And post things and yeah. But, but yeah, I think you'll have to emphasize that m- more than ever to really stand out. I saw this really funny um, meme on on social media where um, the the caption was like day five of the shoot and the client hasn't noticed yet. And it's this like giant camera rig where they have like shutters for the lens. It's like giant adapter, an extra like three monitors. And then on the back, it's just a GoPro that's attached to everything. You know, like, <laughs> so a lot of times, you know, it's just that like, it's what the client perceives versus what you're actually using. Yeah. So true. 
All right. Well, well, I'm sure we will t- we will talk about all this much more later on. But this was a good catch up episode. Yep. Um, so in the meantime, hope you all are having a great Thanksgiving, staying safe. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Still Motion Podcast and email us your thoughts. Ooh, if anyone uh, got any good Black Friday stuff, let us know. Email us at stillinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow Catherine at Catherine.butler on Instagram. Follow me at JSU Media on Instagram. Thank you to Jill for editing our episodes. Thank you to Amanda Blythe for our graphic design. Thank you to Shannon McConnell for our music. Ooh, totally random. I forgot to tell you this, but I just hit um 100,000 views on my YouTube channel. What? That's crazy. That's so yeah. many. Yeah. Anyways, uh, some of those YouTube people <laughs> should listen to the Still in Motion podcast. <laughs> I, I keep wondering if I should plug the podcast on my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, please do. <laughs> Send them our way. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Yep. Bye.